This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinsey. Starting now. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinsey. On this week's show, Jimmy Canuso of Glass Talk joins me. Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Jimmy has been on the show before, and last time we discussed all things Philly sports. With the NBA season starting in a few weeks, we're going to start a mini-series with our division-by-division breakdown of all 30 teams, starting today with the Pacific Division. Jimmy, give, give your thoughts on this. So, the Pacific Division, so, well, this year's NBA season is going to be pretty interesting and exciting in general, and I think that the Pacific Division is one of one of the divisions that really um, is exciting, really has some, some life injected to it, and uh, will really be fun to watch. Um, I think last year, the Pacific Division was one of the most boring divisions, because it was just kind of the Warriors kind of dominating everybody, and then all the other teams being not great. The Clippers kind of making some noise, but uh, the Clippers look a lot uh, different this year than they have in the past few years. But, you know, now it's pretty interesting. As you got the, the Warriors, the best team in the league, defending champions, and you got the Suns, the worst team in the NBA, who, to be honest, I don't think that they're going to be doing that much better this year. I think um, 30-something wins for the Suns, I think that would be that would be that would be good for them. That would be what I would project. Um, you got the Lakers, obviously with with Le- LeBron coming in, and the interesting assortment of, of players and talent that got in the Lakers there. Um, you got the first overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, coming to the Suns. Second overall pick, uh, Marvin Bagley, and. Then you have the Clippers, who, as I said, they look a lot different this year than they have in the past few years. They lost DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers, Blake Griffin, uh, Chris Paul, and now Lou Williams, their fantastic sixth man that they've had in the past, is coming on. He's going to be um, a starter this year. I think he'll be like a good leading scorer, a good, a good bet. I think he's 30, 32 this year. And then Clippers in the draft, they got SGA, Shea Gilligas, Alexander, who I'm a Sixers fan. I think the Sixers should have t- taken him at, at number 10. And I think he fell, he fell to 12, I think, uh, SGA did. So Sixers ended up getting um, Kale Bridges, who we traded to the Suns for Zaire Smith, who is now injured till November or December. So I think, uh, honestly, if the Sixers drafted SGA, he probably would have fractured his foot or something at some point. So at least we get to see him play um, and not get uh, cursed by, by the Sixers' curse. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know if – with all this life that's in- injected into the Pacific Division, they'll be able to um, compete with the Northwest Division. Um, they're probably the most uh, stacked division that is in the NBA right now, with no teams last year getting under 45 wins. But uh, we'll see what happens. The, I think there's a lot of upside to this this division. And, well, I mean, all with all the teams making some... Uh, major adjustments except the Warriors who, you know, Cousins, Marcus Cousins coming in can can change. They're going to have to make some adjustments for him. But I think that whole mainly just be um, something they try out in the regular season, see how see how he works out. Maybe he'll fill a Javel McGee role, but I think that center position should be, I think it should be Jordan Bell starting, starting there for center. And then DeMarcus as a power forward coming off the bench, maybe because... Um, and we'll get into this later, um, but I don't know. I'm not convinced of how well Boogie fits into their system. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. One thing, uh, I do like SGA um, from Kentucky. I, I would have picked him like around eight. I, I would really like him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's the most NBA-ready guard in the draft. And, yeah. Like, if you watch him at Kentucky, he just – the way he carried himself and uh, he just – Competed every single play. He'd get the he'd get the steal right when he needed it. He'd get the bucket when they couldn't score. He was just like perfect for that team. Uh, so yeah, the Sixers would have really benefited from drafting him. Uh, so we're gonna start out with my favorite team, the Lakers, uh, signing LeBron James this offseason. Uh, it's one of the probably the biggest offseason since Shaq. Since Shaq. Uh, so. Uh, what what do you think the Lakers yeah. can do this year with LeBron? And even with Shaq coming in, it wasn't. I don't think it was nearly as big as LeBron. And when Shaq came in, he didn't really. 
um, have that much success with the Lakers until like his it was his third or fourth year that he that he finally won a championship with them, right? Yeah. It was after like he's there for three years. LeBron himself is pretty much just just as big as you know the Showtime Lakers brand in general, and he's and he's coming to to LA. So I think he. You know, he brings a lot to LA. Um, he's one of the, obviously, one of the best players in history. He's one of the best players in the NBA. He just has, he's so versatile. He just um, pretty much has everything um, that the Lakers, they were kind of struggling with. You know, he, he's a veteran leader. He's old. Um, not old, but older. You know, he's 33. Um, he can, he, yeah, as I said, he's versatile. I think they'll throw him in the, either the power forward or small forward position. Um, I heard I heard something about like him, people wanting him to be a center, possibly. I don't think that would work. I think that with the top, um, with the other top four um, Lakers on, on the floor at once as starters, I think LeBron will be uh, starting power forward or small forward. Um, but yeah, you know, I, th- I think that most people are in, are in agreement that the Lakers this year are kind of building um, their roster or what they want, they want um, people to be in. And um, yeah, one other thing about the Lakers um, is that most people, when they look at the Lakers, when they're, when they're looking from the outside in, they don't really think about it. Yeah, it looks like it's a circus. It looks like they just brought a bunch of big names in, and like they're not going to know how to fit them into the system at all. But I think that if you look closer, closer than that, I think that um, obviously bringing LeBron is, is he's going to be the foundation of this team. But if you look at the team last year, um, they obviously, you know, they were built on a lot of young talent. Um, but I think that one thing that everyone can be in agreement that they were really talented at, and that was a good upside for them, was shooting. I think uh, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, good shooters, and Lonzo Ball could shoot too. And what you're bringing in this year is a lot of other uh, aspects that, that make up um, a good, well-rounded team. You got competitiveness with, with Lance Stevenson. You got JaVel McGee. He's a great defensive player. He's a great shot blocker, and he's going to be having to get used to playing a lot more minutes this year with the Lakers. I think he's going to be a starter this year um, when he was uh, kind of coming off the bench like 10 to 15 minute guy um, for the Warriors. You got uh, Mo, Mo Wagner, who I love. I've always loved Mo Wagner. I think he is um, one of the big pieces of Michigan um, getting to the finals. You got Rajon Rondo, who's. I, I hate when people say veteran leader, but uh, I mean, I'll call him a veteran, veteran leader just for the sake of conversation. I think veteran leader is kind of misleading because I feel like. Um, doesn't matter your age or how long you've been in the NBA. You can't just come into a team and just be a leader. Right when you come in there, that's not really how leadership works anywhere. But yeah, I think he'll be a good veteran presence. He'll be able to um, be a good mentor mentor for um, the people under him. But uh, but again, this this team, I think LeBron's the foundation of this team, the building around him. I totally agree with you there. I, starting lineup really confuses me because there's so many options. That Magic and Palenka really designed this team for complete competitiveness. Like, yeah. Uh, training camp starts tomorrow, uh, which media day, media day is tomorrow. And there's going to be so many battles in training camp. You see Ingram versus Kuzma, Lonzo versus Rondo, Hart, KCP. Uh, of course, LeBron's the only starter. Magic has said that. Uh, and then at the center position, JaVale McGee and Zubots, uh, and maybe even Wagner. I know, you like him. I really like Wagner. Uh, so I don't really know what they do. I think the starting lineup, I think they should go Lonzo. <sighs> I can't really decide. Magic has said KCP. KCP. KCP has gotten really – has really transformed his body this summer, but – I really like Josh Hart. I don't know if you watch summer league. Yeah, but I want I want Josh Hart at point guard. I, I mean, I think I mean KCP as a starting shooting guard. I want Josh Hart at point guard. Now, I so I, I know that from watching him at Villanova, being a Villanova fan, uh, we all uh, we know that he's a great playmaker and. His, his his NBA season last year was okay, but he's still developing. After being the MVP in summer league, what I've seen from him now, I think that um, he could be a potential um, second second point guard. Um, maybe maybe even in front of Rondo. I don't know, but yeah, I agree with you there with uh, Lonzo Ball starting. Um, I know there's a controversy between uh, Lonzo Ball and Rondo. Um, I think Rondo obviously he had an amazing eight and a half year stint with with the Celtics. 
Um, but I think he's a guy who's past his prime. And if you're looking at, if you're looking at the team, this Lakers team right now, it looks like um, it's pretty much the formula of a team that wants to win now, right? You got a bunch of guys on one-year deals, a bunch of big names coming in. They want to win now, but they have really good young talent. And I think that by having Lonzo in as a starter, he has a, he's young. He has a lot of upside. I think if they continue to, to develop Lonzo, give him a lot of minutes, if they continue to develop him as he comes back from his injury, obviously, I think that this team could um, figure out um, how each person is going to play a role in, in, in their team, how all these guys, new guys, like what their, all their roles are going to be. And I think that um, developing Lonzo's talent is going to really, really benefit this team. I really like Rondo. But I think because of LeBron being on the team, Lonzo is the better pair with him because a lot of the national media say that, oh, Lonzo and LeBron, it'll mess, it'll mess Lonzo up. He has to have the ball in his hands. If you, if you watch the Lakers any last year, Lonzo does not dominate the ball at all. He Lonzo, Lonzo is a smart. He's a smart kid. He's that's something that gets overlooked. He's a he's a smart. He's an intellectual guy, and he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He's one of those like he's one of those um, you know players in the NBA. Those those point guards. He's he, he's a playmaker. He's a, he's efficient, but he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He can play off the ball. That's why. Um, yeah, as you said, adding LeBron James in, into the lineup, I think doesn't really mess up things as well and it's not just LeBron James or, or sorry Lonzo Ball who's intellectual like there's a lot of smart smart guys on this roster now guys that you know make good decisions can can be versatile and, and you know play a smaller or larger role depending on what the team needs and I think that's going to be the main theme of the Lakers this year it's can you get these guys each guy in a specific role and have some people able to accept less minutes than they've been they're used to, and some people able to um, have more volume than they used to. And I think if everyone's able to um, kind of shape shift around, around that, which I think is not going to be something that's feasible in the first year um, of, of this roster being formed, then I think that uh, the Lakers can easily get up to a playoff spot and maybe even a top four seed. Um, but you have to also think about the fact that a lot of these guys, you're not going to be seeing um, next year. Right? These guys on one-year deals. So you got to you gotta take take the roster now. I think the regular season, they're going to be trying trying out a lot of different, different lineups. And so you're going to see a lot of different uh, sets of starters in the regular season. But, you know, it's going to be interesting depending how, how Luke, Luke Walton can – um, can, can form this team and give everybody the role. I, I think there's a lot of. I think this is the. I guess the the riskiest the riskiest team to probably has the biggest discrepancy between like their best case scenario and worst case scenario. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, another thing that's uh, very underlooked with Lonzo Ball's game is his defense. Lonzo, honestly, in my opinion, he's probably the third best defensive point guard in the NBA. I think the only ones that are probably better than him are, I don't know, I'd say Murray, DeJounte Murray, and Patrick Beverly, when they're healthy, is are better than Lonzo. But I don't. I think Lonzo's a little bit better than Chris Paul defensively now. Uh, Lonzo, 6'6", like a 6'9", wingspan. He can cover any guard in the NBA, and he, like, you know how he has the – he's so smart intellectually. Uh, he reads the passing lanes amazing. That's what Rondo has been credited for most of his career. He knows how to uh, make steals because he can read the passing lanes. Lonzo can do that, but he's also got the size that Rondo doesn't have. So having that, Lonzo is a legit candidate for all defense this year. He's not going to be Joel Embiid. Not, I don't think he'll be defensive part of the year. He'll be in the all-defensive team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. So what do you think about the KCP and Hart? I, I like Hart. He did, this uh, His rookie year, he didn't really handle the ball that much, but he's been working on that all summer. I know you like him as a point guard, but I really don't think his chances of playing point guard are that high with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I hear you Um if it comes to shooting guard, um, my opinion is that case KCP should start over Josh Hart, but it just you know it's annoying. Like I, I kind of want them to find a spot for Josh Hart. And I guess if that's a if that's a shooting guard, then yeah, I mean he should start there. But you know, yeah, yeah, I've, I've always liked him. I think he can. I, I just I just don't know if 
he's the most, I feel like he's a guy that should have the ball in his hands if he's on the court. I think that's how he's most effective. But if you're, if you're talking about shooting guard, yeah, I would go, I would go KCP KC, KC over Josh Hart. I think they're going to find places for Hart to play other than just shooting guard. I think they can put him at the small forward. Uh, they might even put him at the power forward uh, a little bit for stretches. I, but they also got some competition at shooting guard uh, with Kansas. Kansas' uh, best three-point shooter last year, Sfi Mikalu. Uh, yep. Knockdown shooter. I think he's going to get minutes. It'll it'll take him a little while to get minutes like it did Hart this year. But Hart, Sfi is probably the best three-point shooter on this roster. And uh, LeBron has always played with shooters in the past, and there's not really – a real big knockdown shooter on the team this year, but I think Spee McCall is going to come in and play some minutes this year. Catch and shoot is going to be big on this team this year. Catch and shoot, especially around LeBron James. A lot of people are saying that this team doesn't have any shooting, but I had the roster right in front of me. KCP can shoot at 37%. Ingram about 40%. LeBron can shoot. Uh, Kuzma is about 38%. Lance. Lance has been working on his three-point shot this summer. Hart was 40% last year. Svee is a knockdown shooter. Beasley, 39% last year. Wagner lit it up from three at Michigan. Lonzo has been working on it, and Rondo has really improved over previous season. He was like 34% last year. I don't think this team will really struggle with shooting because uh, if you have LeBron, you're going to get wide open looks. So if these guys can knock down shots, they'll be fine. But I don't think it's that big of a deal as people are making it out to be. No, I, I don't think so. But um, yeah, I, I would definitely say that shooting is one of their one of their biggest upsides. And um, I can, I mean, I can see why people are concerned because I, I feel like if I'm looking at this roster and if if with all these guys, like the reason I'm excited about this team is is because of shooting. Um, and I think that if if their shooting's good, if their shooting is as good as I think it can be, then they'll kind of live up to their their, their potential in, in my mind, which is you know being a playoff team, being a top four seed. But if they can't get the shooting together, if they can't get open looks, which I don't think is going to be the outcome with LeBron James, um, if they can't get it together, then I think it could be okay. I could be a rough year for this team. What is the, what do you think the ceiling for this team is? Uh, uh, a lot of people are saying that this team is not a top four seed. They'll say it's uh, they will struggle to get into the playoffs. I honestly think they they're the second best team in the Western Conference. What do you see as this team projecting as? Uh, I wouldn't say that they're the second best team in the Western Conference, but I think um, I think they they are going to be better than people are expecting them to be, just because. Because I think, as I said, most people aren't really looking at this at this roster close enough, and uh, what the and what the biggest upside is. Um, obviously, when you have a team with LeBron James, you always have a chance to win, even if it is the 2017-2018 post-February Cleveland Cavaliers. And with LeBron James, it's the type of thing where it's kind of like the, the Patriots. So you know, the Patriots, you know, they. They're always shown that in the first four games of the NFL season, they'll lose a game by double-digit points. And then at that point, everyone's always like, uh-oh, is this the end of the Patriots? Like, is this it? And those people are made a fool of every single year because every single year the Patriots make the AFC Championship. With LeBron James, it's, you know, last year with the Cavaliers, um, you know, he, he made it eight, eight seasons in a row. And still, last year, when he was with the Cavaliers, people were like, oh, maybe not, maybe not. And then they were proved wrong again. So I think that just by having LeBron James on this team, you can't, you can't rule them out because you know, there's a good chance that they're going to they're gonna prove you wrong. I, I don't think finals is a possibility possibility at all uh, LeBron James um, I think he's I think he said it well he said they have a two percent chance of making the finals and I think that's solely solely because of the Warriors I think that they can um, I don't know how many times they play the Rockets I think they can um, if they were to be matched up with the Rockets in, in a playoff series um, it might be six game series but I don't think they I don't think they'd advance but I think that the highest potential for this team the U.S. would be would be the top would be the third best team in the West. I struggle with that. I think the Rockets last year they would be, they would beat the Lakers. I think, but I don't think they're going to beat them this year. They lost Trevor Reza, 
They lost uh, Luke and Bob Mute, and even though he didn't play a huge role, Ryan Anderson last year. Uh, the players they got brought back in, they got uh, uh, Brandon Knight, who's going to be out for an extended amount of time. They got Marquise Chris, who hasn't really lived up to his uh, potential so far. Who else did they sign? They're, uh, Carmelo. Who would you say? Carmelo. Yeah, Car- Carmelo. I just don't see like they're going to be that good, though, because uh, Melo, he's definitely not the way he used to be. He's, I don't know, three isolation scorers on the same team that are just alpha dogs. It's going to be it's going to be tough, and I don't think they can guard the Lakers. Uh, last year, Ariza and Mbamute were the absolute anchors of their defense with Paul missing a, a amount of time, but they're just not going to be able to match up. I don't think there's nobody on that roster can guard Brandon Ingram, nobody can guard Kuzma, nobody can guard LeBron. The Lakers are covered with the a long defensive players. I think they just match up w- so much better. I think the Rocks will be better in the regular season, but when the playoffs come around, I don't think they're going to stand a chance. I still be about six games. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think I think with the Rockets, the biggest question is health. If everyone can stay healthy, then they have a chance. But if that's not the case, if, if Paul if Paul's in and out again, then I yeah, I, I don't think that with the guys that they lost, I don't think that they'll be able to pull it off. Um, I think that they're still a playoff team. I don't think that they get booted out of the playoffs. I think they're they're still at least an eighth seed. I mean, obviously, but still, I think still a top five team. Um, just, just depends on if guys can stay healthy. You know, there's questions. I mean, you can probably say that. I mean, it's the NBA. You can say that with any team. You know, health is going to be a factor. But I think with the Rockets, especially, um, health is going to be a factor. Um, they don't have too many guys that are getting pretty old. Um, they, they still got a reliable um, roster of people in, in terms of in terms of age. Um, you don't see with the uh, you know with the Warriors, for example, Andre Iguodala. What is he? He's like 35, right? I mean, and he was in and out of the playoffs last year. He he had an injury until he came back in the Western Conference Finals, and then he was out again. He came back in Game Three of the Finals. So, and yeah, he's a you know, he's a big contributor to the, to the Warriors, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, you can say health is a, is a question with any team, but I think especially Rockets with the Lakers, the biggest question is is shooting, as I said. Um, but but yeah, I think that on paper. Um, the Lakers, the Lakers are better than the Rockets all around, especially defensively. The, the guys with really long guys and being able to have a point guard too that is one of the best point guards in the league uh, defensively too. The Lakers last year matched up pretty well with the Rockets. Also, uh, Kyle Kuzma set his career high with 38 points against the Rockets. Uh, I think December. It was mid December, but. And we also had another opportunity to beat them. I think went into triple overtime. So we match up better with the Rockets than most would expect we do. And with the addition of LeBron, I, don't, I think I don't think they can handle us. But now we're going to go to the Warriors, winners of three of the last four championships. Uh, adding dozens this offseason. A lot of people think it's going to be an easy season for them, but the market might not be coming back until later in the season. So biggest question right now is can anyone challenge them this season? No, that's that's really the simple answer. Like they can't. Um, the 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 only way that that people can is just you know people or teams um, like the Lakers that are bringing in a lot of new talent. I think I think the team like the teams um, that kind of you know the teams in the Pacific Division, like the teams that are kind of outside um, the, the playoff playoff spots. Um, they they made a lot of adjustments like. The, um, the Suns and the Kings um, with the first with the one and two overall draft picks, and you know Clippers brought in a lot of a lot of new people. Um, but I think that with the Warriors, if if not anything else, what they have over everybody is just the fact how how close the guys are, like how how good the chemistry is, and I think that's the main thing that kind of kind of makes them unstoppable this year. Like their team that this year. Is probably gonna gonna be at that top spot again, but if you're talking about in the coming years and then in the next two years, I think that there's other teams that can give them a run. Um, teams in the Western Conference who got good draft picks this year, 
with and so they have young guys that are developing and kind of um, starting to learn a new system. I think that in the next two or three years, um, that the Warriors will definitely be given a run for the money. And not only that, the you know the stars of the Warriors will start to be declining and, and getting past their prime. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But my simple answer um, for this year, I really don't think anyone. Um, can really challenge, can really challenge the Warriors this year. You don't think the Celtics can? Oh, I mean, I thought we were talking about Western Conference and Finals, but yeah, well, the Celtics, yeah, they definitely can. Um, the Celtics, obviously, they're made of young, developing talent and veteran leadership. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think the Celtics can if they, if they make to the the. the the finals out of the East, which I think um, is probably is probably going to happen. I, I think that the Celtics are the only team in the NBA that really has a great shot at beating the Warriors in a yeah. series. Uh, they just match up. Kyrie has experience against the Warriors, of course, went over the Cavs. Uh, they have Gordon Hayward coming back from injury. Tatum and Brown are rising stars. Al Horford is a player that. Really, really underlooked. Uh, he can really. He, he's the rock of that team. Yeah, he's the perfect. He's a glue guy, but he's a star. Like, yeah, he does everything you need for him to do, and he just does it to perfection. Like, had that perfect game winner that Brad Stevens drew up last year against the Seventy Sixers. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just Al Horford, I think, would be a big key to them. He's like their Draymond. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, nobody in the Western. I think the Lakers can win a couple against them. Uh, Rockets might win a couple, but I don't. Nobody. I don't think Warriors. You can pencil them in for the finals. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you can do that the Celtics too. So unless unless I think the, I think the Lakers. I think the Lakers could be what the Celtics are now. It's just the Celtics have all. They have just so much depth. But their rosters actually been together for for a couple of years. Where I think the Lakers can be at that spot. Just as I said, just not this year. I think that this year, um, no one no one who's made a lot of new adjustments and got a lot of new players. I don't think anyone like that's going to really make too much noise this year. And this Laker roster, I don't think it's going to look the same as it is next year. They're they're going to get someone in free agency. I'm pretty. I think. Yeah, for sure. It's going to probably going to be Kawhi. Uh, we'll talk about that later when we talk about the Clippers. But yep. uh, how do you th- will the Warriors be better or worse this year? Because they lost they lost some players. They saw some, lost some role players: Nick Young, Javale McGee, Patrick McCall. They but they brought in Demarcus Cousins. So are they going to be better or worse this year? I think uh, I think Javale McGee was a big loss that people kind of overlook. I think that the role he played for that team was, was vital. You know, as I said, coming in 10, 15 minutes a game, blocking shots, making shots, being a really good defensive player. Um, and he's going to be starting now in the Lakers. I think that I don't know if Jordan Bell is probably going to be who I want to be starting at center this year. I don't think he can um, fill, fill that role, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Boogie cousins though. Um, I, I'm just not. I'm not convinced that he fits into the system because with the Warriors, with the with, with their offense, with their up tempo, free flowing, free flowing offense, Boogie's a guy who kind of just he has the ball, he stands at the top of the key, and he kind of takes too long, or not too long, but he's you know he kind of you know he'd have to make decisions a lot quicker to fit into the Warriors Warriors system um, with the with the ball moving around a lot pretty quickly. Um, so I think that rather than the Lakers having to make adjustments around him, I think that he has to make some adjustments to his game to, to fit in. But they'll try it out during the regular season, and we'll, and we'll see how it is. I think we'll definitely be able to make a better um, prediction of how Cousins will fit into the into the Warriors system after we see him see him play a couple times and, and see how he see how he fits in with the offense. But to be honest, I I don't see him as a starter at, at any point, and I think yeah he has to do to accept that after being um, a heavily used player um, last season before he got hurt. Um, so yeah, uh, and I, like you said, the up tempo offense. If you look at the New Orleans Pelicans last year, they were so much better when they were able to run without Demarcus Cousins with Rajon Rondo like. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins really slowed them down, but whenever he got off, whenever he got his Achilles injury, 
then they could really go full out run with Anthony Davis. So yeah, uh, that's going to be a concern. Demarcus Cousins is definitely going to give them uh, some production this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, he, could, uh, he gives the other stars a break. You can just put him in, and he'll give you twenty points whenever he needs. To. Yeah, but I mean that's that's kind of how the Warriors are right now. Like I think the Warriors are it's broken down are a group of stars who don't have to play at their best every night because if you know there's always there's always going to be one guy that can produce for them you know if Steph Curry's not not knocking down nine three pointers KD can put up some shots if, if KD's not getting him getting down Clay can put up some shots it's, it's you know it's, it's kind of like that already and I just kind of I mean I think everyone agrees that they can still win with the roster that they have now, but it's just kind of hard to get better. Um, from, from that, I think they're, I think the warriors, I, I don't want them to get to the point where they just start, you know, adding where they just add like big name guys. And I just don't think that that's something that, that makes them better. But, uh, but I mean, I can't really bet against the warriors ever. Cause I think that, you know, Steve Kerr is going to find a way to fit, to fit Boogie into the system. I think that if, you can accept a lesser role. I think that there's a chance that they can be that they can be better, but I have to see some changes in Boogie's game in order to believe that. There's also been some rumors that Kevin Durant might leave next summer for agency. Uh, mostly been saying the Lakers. What do you think about that? I, to be honest, like my gut feeling is, I don't believe it at all. Yeah, I, I have to hear something from Katie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see why he would leave. I think if KD leaves, I think he'd want his own team. I don't think he'd want to be like second fiddle to LeBron. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he could – it could potentially happen, but it doesn't look likely. He could be winning his third ring this year and maybe fourth next year. It, it seemed like a dumb mistake for KD. Yeah, I, I just – I mean – I can't really convince myself of any reason why why that that why that that would be the case, um, but you know I don't know maybe KD back to back NBA Finals MVP, you know maybe if if even Boogie coming in gives him a lesser role on this team, and as, as you said like he feels like he wants his own team and wants to do something different. Um, then that could be a possibility. Like it could be the Kyrie, Kyrie thing. You know, Kyrie was in a very good position with the Cavs, obviously, and obviously that that roster. You know, LeBron, you know, Kyrie, and all the pieces that they had, they were in a great position to to win win the finals pretty, pretty much every year. But he wanted to go to the Celtics because he wanted to have his own team. And obviously, we don't we don't really know all of the specifics and details of that because we we haven't really heard like that that much from Kyrie. Why that? Why he made that switch, or why he wanted to go to the Celtics? Um, but yeah, I think it could be the same thing. But if, if it's if it's not that, I don't think that KD would even think about leaving the Warriors. Now we're gonna switch into the Phoenix Suns. Uh, got the number one pick in the draft this year, selecting DeAndre Ayton. But there's some question marks around their point guard position. Some are saying uh, they should start. Devin Booker at the position. Some are saying DeAnthony Melton, who they acquired from the Rockets. And then also Elia Kobo, from, who they drafted in the second round. What do you think they do at point guard? Booker. Booker. I, I, it's, I, the, the, the main reason for me is that I haven't really seen enough from the other guys to – to feel like they they, they deserve the, the starting spot. Um, I think that between Mountain and Elliot I think that Okobo, um I think I I've, I've just seen more more good for him that he would that he get the starting spot. But um, yeah, I I, I I just can't really make um, a good good judgment about that right now. I think that Booker. I mean, he has the potential to be an all-star. I mean, he's out for six weeks right now. Right now, but I think that the Suns are a team um, that should be looking at some free agents to, to come in and play point guard for them to really kind of even out the roster. As I said, with what they have, I don't think they're more than like a thirty-someone team. They have no often they have any chance to get in the forty. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I would just when one book comes back, I would stick with him. I really like Anthony Melton. He didn't play a ton this year. I don't, I don't know if he played at all this year at USC because of a suspension. 
but he's a really good defensive point guard. And if the, if the Suns are looking for someone who can lock down uh, the opposing team's point guard, D'Anthony Melton's the pick right there. Uh, and I don't think you should put that much responsibility on Booker because he's already going to carry the offense by scoring. I don't think he should be looking at for playmaking. It kind of reminds me of how they did with Kobe in like whenever Shaq left. Like they're going to put the ball in his hands most of the game, but I think he needs another guard out there to play defense because you know Booker's not all about defense. Uh, yeah, that that's never been his forte. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with Booker. But I, I do. Melton's a very good possibility, but I don't know enough about Akobo uh, to choose him yet. Uh, that's, that's another concern I have with the Suns is the guys playing defense, right? Like, um, Aiton, I mean, as good of a player as he is, I can't can't really say he's he cares that much about playing defense. And I, I feel like they need guys to step up and do that. Um, Aiton's obviously a huge improvement from what they had at center last year. Um, but I think I think he will try. He'll definitely try to play defense. I think he's definitely going to be like a competitive enough guy to 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 to, uh, to do his part there a little more this year than we saw him at, saw him at Arizona. I think uh, the main reason why they got Ariza is so they can change the culture defensively. Got him from the Rockets, uh, and I think also Macau Bridges, who you know a lot about from Villanova. Uh, those are two guys who can really change uh, the culture defensively, who really uh, put their all into it. So I think that even though this team's not going to win, it's not going to compete for a playoff spot, this team's, I think, between 28 and 34 wins this year. They're going to be like the Lakers last year. Uh, I think if they, if they play well, I think they could also be a free agent destination for the summer 2019. Uh, it's just a really nice roster. Uh, Booker, Aiton, Bridges. Uh, Josh Jackson. That's just a, that's a lot of young guys who could uh, potentially turn into something big one day. And I really like how this team's shaping up. Uh, what do you think about them as a free agent destination? I think I mean I think that makes total sense. You know, kind of. I think that they are they are in the rebuilding stage, and I think that of of any team, they'll, they'll definitely be looking um, towards free agents. Um, uh, I'm not sure um, how like potential free agents this year will look at Phoenix as a as a place to live or just Arizona in general. I mean, I don't think that the location's gonna um, gonna be a negative. I think you know I don't really know much about Arizona, but I, don't, I, don't, I think it's a I think it's a fine place to live. I don't know, but I think other than that, I think that it would definitely make sense for for the Suns to be a free free agent destination this year. Just because of and with all like the um, components that they're, they're kind of missing, you know, point guard, defensive players, and just the kind of culture and the system that they have right now, I think that they could definitely stand to bring a lot, lot, lot more people in. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens in in the in the draft draft next year and in the coming years. And yeah, we'll see. They're pretty much set though at. Uh Shooting guard, small forward, and whatever you want to put eight net, power forward or center. I would honestly probably put eight net the four this year, and uh, try Tyson Chandler at the five for defensive reasons. But this team, this team can be interesting. I also like the addition of Ryan Anderson. Didn't get to do a whole lot with the Rockets last year because of defensive uh, weaknesses. But this team should be exciting. It's going to be a team you're probably going to watch on uh, League Pass if you get it. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like how the Suns look. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think you think Mikhail's gonna ever get any starting opportunities? I think he's gonna come off the bench the entire year. He'll he'll start some, I think. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Uh, a young lineup that could go um, Booker, Bridges, Jackson, Aiton, and Bender. That that'd be pretty cool to see if they can roll that out. Yeah, uh, I, I see. I kind of see Benders coming off the bench a little bit more, but yeah, I, I can see what you're saying here. Uh, now we're gonna transition into the Clippers, the number two team in LA. Uh, didn't do a whole lot this offseason except lost DeAndre Jordan. Uh, they traded Austin Rivers to the Wizards for Marcin Gortat. I like that trade for them, but they could have. They probably. I think they could have got more out of Rivers. Um, what do you think about this team? 
I'm not. I'm trying to throw things on on the moves they on the moves they made. I I've, I've never really liked um, Dortmund. I think they should have. I think they should have kept kept Rivers. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, they they just look so much different this year than they have in the past few years. And I, you know, the reason that they're kind of concerning me is because. Like the roster is kind of, it's just like a lot of veteran older guys that are on expiring contracts or one year deals and Bob McKay's on a one year deal. Um, then they got um, younger guys coming up, Lou Williams, who it looks like they're kind of building a team around Lou Williams right now and we'll see what he can do. But I, you know, you can't really um, count on Lou Williams being with the team much longer. And I mean, I think SGA definitely obviously has a lot of upside and a lot, of, a lot of questions, a lot of risks um, um, with the with the Clippers. I think it's definitely going to be um, interesting to see uh, what they can produce this year. Um, but yeah, I think they're just going to. I don't think they're going to creep into that playoff spot this year. Um, but definitely, I think they need. I think they're one of the teams that needs like a major move, like a like a Jimmy Butler kind of move to really get them over that hump um, to, to get into a playoff spot. But I think this year it's, yeah, it's just, it's just too, too mediocre. Yeah. It's just, you know, they got a lot of different guys um, who can do a lot of different things. Um, I think Tobias Harris is probably the, the best player on this team right now. Um, so they got talent, but I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's going to work out too well in their favor favor this year. I just think they need like a big move. They have about seven guys who are legit NBA starters, but they don't really have like one guy that's a plus NBA player. They have Beverly, Bradley, uh, Harris, uh, Lou Williams, Gortat. Those are all. Those are five guys who can really contribute, and they got a few other guys on the team. But I think being too average isn't a good thing for a team. You need to have a little bit of flair. You'd have that one guy. I know Lou Williams is their probably go-to scorer, but he's he's not really a superstar. Like it, like you said, getting like Jimmy Butler, that would be a big thing for them. Uh, you think they should make a trade for Butler? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think Butler is obviously a guy is not happy where he is um, with um, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Um, I, I think that he is someone who really wants to excel. He wants to be great in this league. And I think that he thinks that the big names on his team, um, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins are just kind of guys that, you know, they're very talented, but they, I don't think they strive to be great. And they're like, and they're holding him, holding him back a little bit. So I think he's a guy who wants to lead a team and who wants to, you know, jump into that spotlight um, in the top 10 conversation in this league. So I think that um, him coming in would be, would be a good fit. Um, I think, I think he'd come in, be a starter, be, be one of the stars of the team and, be a guy that really shifts the momentum of the team, and I think he's the guy that can that can get him into the playoffs. I mean, they're right there. They they're at like the the forty. They had the forty something wins last year. With it, yeah, the forty two wins last year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think this team suits Butler really well because it's a lot of guys who are extremely serious about basketball. Uh, Patrick Beverly, like uh, he takes everything super seriously, just like Butler, Lou Williams. Pretty serious about playing, uh, but I also like Butler. There's some guys on the team that can have fun, but also be really competitive. Like Tobias Harris, he has a, uh, a little like mini series coming out with Boban Marjanovic. Uh, that's some uh, some stuff that keeps the locker room going well. I mean, that's a perfect situation for Butler. And also, I think if they trade for Butler, then they could really draw in Kawhi even more. Uh, Kawhi's a lock butler, plays on both ends, really wants to win uh, at all costs. Uh, even though this, I wouldn't like this, uh, me being a Laker fan, I think it would be interesting to see. Um, but w- why do you think that Kawhi might like them more than the Lakers if they don't have Butler? Because right now they're saying that uh, the Clippers are Kawhi's number one. Why do you think that would be? For me, I just I can't really get a good sense of Kawhi's personality. Just him being like 
not introverted, but just kind of he kind of keeps to himself. He doesn't really expose his personality. So I don't really know where his head's at. I don't know what kind of guy he is. I don't know if he wants to be um, a leader. I think kind of when he was with the Spurs, um, and when um, he he started to get like a, a higher role, like ahead of um, Tony Parker, I, I think that he. I don't know if he was really ready for that for that spotlight for for that kind of carrying the team team role so i don't know if he is a guy that wants to to lead a team i i feel I, I, or if he's a guy that wants to kind of be plugged into a system that can win so it's kind of it's kind of hard to say for me um but i, I think that he'd be a really good improvement for them especially defensively um I, you know I, that that would that would definitely be a big move that puts the, the Clippers over the edge. And I, I think yeah, they have a lot of good off, offensive players, offensive talent. But I think that kind of defensive talent would would probably benefit them a lot. But yeah, again, it's just hard for me to, to gauge Kawhi. Um, uh, uh, we'll see how it does with the Raptors this year. I, I don't think he um, really, really likes being there too much. So I, I think that whole definitely, definitely be looking to move next year. But if you're if you're talking about between the Clippers and the Lakers, I would have to say right now that the Lakers would be a higher, higher, um, more likely destination. Uh, I think LeBron, I think LeBron James can probably um, talk him into coming. They, I think they have a good relationship, and I think next year um, we're obviously going to see a lot of these guys on one-year deals from Lakers leaving, and so they're going to have some open spots. And I think that um, Kawhi, LeBron, the young talent on the Lakers, I think that um, he would be probably a better fit for the Lakers um, once, like next year, once they kind of get rid of some of the guys that they brought in this year. And hopefully with the Lakers, they can, some of the guys that they signed for more expensive contracts like Rondo and B, uh, Stevens and can come for uh, lower deals next year so we can keep the core intact and also get a big free agent. Yeah. But I think that if they get Butler and they keep and they uh, re-sign him for a few years and uh, sign Kawhi. This team matches up really well with the Warriors, in my opinion. Uh, they've got Beverly who can take out Curry. He can't take him out, but he can guard Curry pretty well. Uh, Butler can stay on Clay. Uh, Kawhi can take, uh, guard Durant. Uh, I don't know who you start at power forward. Uh, Harris, Tobias Harris, on. Um, Green, and then you can have Gortat if they re-sign him uh, on whoever they start at center. Uh, then nineteen uh, twenty, but that team really matches up well, and especially if they keep Lou Williams, uh, they could outscore the uh, Warriors off the bench. That'd be something really interesting to see. Yeah, I think that yeah, they can definitely can. I think the word I used is contain. They can really just contain the Warriors and kind of keep them from going on those on those runs where they just. Put up, put up a bunch of threes, get a bunch of open shots, and they can just kind of contain that momentum and kind of, um, if anything, just be kind of in, in control of the tempo when they play the Warriors, which gives um, them a lot more opportunity to kind of to, to shine with the with the talent they have. Yeah, uh, and that's what the Clippers game game plan last year really was. They wanted to get their starters contained. Uh, the opposing team starters, and then wait till they put their benches in. Then Lou Williams goes and takes the team out. That's how they got so many wins. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot what they do. But I don't really know if Doc Rivers is the coach for this team. Uh, he's been on the hot seat last year. They re-signed him to a new contract extension this year. But do you think that if they start out to a slow start, he could be under the hot seat this year? I think he's. I mean, obviously, he's already on the hot seat with with the guys that he's had in the last few years. The fact that he couldn't make it work with them, um, I think that already puts him on the hot seat. And yeah, I think you're right. I think that for me, I'm kind of looking at it. That's not. You know, I don't think he's the right coach for this team. But I think this year, I think they kind of. I think they need to make the playoffs for for Doc Rivers to 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 have a good um, secure secure job. Just because with all the different kinds of talent that have been on the Clippers in the past few years, and he can never make it work. I think that if if he can't make it work out this year, and I, and after the after the trade deadline, and um, if they get some free agents, if he can't make it work, I think that yeah, he's definitely he's definitely on the on the hot seat. That's, that's he's going to be burning by the end of the regular season if he can't make the playoffs. Now we're going to the final team in the Pacific Division, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, 
had the number two pick in the draft this year, selecting Mar- Marvin Bagley the third out of Duke. Uh, had signed Zach Levine to an offer sheet that was absolutely ridiculous, but it was matched by the Bulls. Uh, I think the biggest question mark with this team is who is the best player on the team. There's uh, Bogdan Bajanovic, I ain't tell you pronounce it, De'Aaron Fox, and then they had the rookie Bagley. I don't know that. Buddy Hield. Uh, who do you think the best part of this team is going to be this year? Fox. And I, I, I was kind of, I mean, I was excited. I was excited for the Kings last year um, because of, because of getting Fox. I thought he was going to kind of um, change their system because the Kings, this, I don't know where I heard the stat. I heard, heard it the other day. They have the slowest um, offensive pace in the NBA right now. And I think that, that I thought that that was something that De'Aaron Fox could come in and kind of change because you saw him at Kentucky, just a really a quick guy, guy that just injects life into an offense, um, really good playmaker. I thought that he paid out more, and I didn't see as much as, as I'd like from him. So I think that if he really gets up to his potential, um, I think that he he is the best player on the team. Uh, we'll see what happens with Bagley. You know, Bagley, unlike Fox, he was kind of, I, I don't want to say like the second fiddle to um, Grayson Allen, but um, he was kind of playing that um, supporting role a little bit more. Um, but you know, I've seen I've, I've seen him play a lot. I've seen him play live. I get a Virginia Tech, so he's come he's come to my gym. I've seen him play, and that dude is a dog. He's just a competitor, just raw. You know, he just he just works, and I, I think he def- definitely has a lot of upside. And just he just he, he's just a really I think he's a better athlete all around than De'Aaron. Um, that's not really uh, something that's saying much because De'Aaron's a different uh, different position, and De'Aaron has probably the most important qualities for his position as a point guard. Um, but yeah, I think that that Fox right now uh, is the best player on this team. You said Bagley played second fiddle to Allen, but if you remember, Fox played second fiddle in college to Monk too. Yeah. So I really like how this team. I, I don't really like that. It's okay how it's put together. Probably looking at Fox, uh, Heald, Boyanovich, Bagley, and Cauley Stein. And start five. Uh, I really like – I think this team's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm really excited to see Harry Giles. We haven't really got to see him play. I haven't seen any NBA games yet. Uh, if you watch him in summer league, he looked pretty good. But that's, that's going to be one of the biggest question marks around that team, I think, is how, how Harry Giles comes back after not playing. Uh, he didn't really get to play much at Duke either. Um, but what do you think about Bagley? Uh, you know, you said you think he's a dog, but do you think he'll be the player that they need? Or will he be a bust? I think that they're going to forever rue the day that that they didn't take Luka Doncic, in my opinion. I think that that's who they should have taken. But I think that Bagley was also a safe pick. I don't don't think that that he'll be a bust. I think that he'll come in, he'll he'll do his job well, and and he'll he'll pan out pretty quickly. I think that he's someone who can contribute. And in the first couple of years that he's there, I think he's one of the more uh, mature and – Mature, mature guys from this draft pat from this draft class who's um, NBA ready, in my opinion, and I think that he'll be able to be someone who's a contributor contributor very quickly um, with 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 draft picks in general. You got a couple different types of guys that you can have. I mean, the guys that come in that um, are a little less mature that kind of take a few few years before they can really like contribute to the team. But I think that Marvin Bagley can come in, and you'll get a sense pretty quickly of what he can do for the team and that's in the role that he'll play. Do you think any other young players uh, that next step this year put them uh, get around 18, 19 in the game? Um, any other younger players? Yeah. Um, like Fox or Boyanovich? Yeah, I, I think I think I, I've never really liked Bogdanovich, but um, I, I think yeah, I think he can get up to that. I think he can get up to that point. I, I really like Hield. I think I think Hield can really take this game to the next level. He was played really phenomenal the last few months of the NBA season. Uh, if, if if he starts, which I think he will, I think he can he can be the leading scorer for this team. Yeah, um, I kind of I kind of want to see more from Justin Jackson too. Yeah. 
Um, there's, I think that yeah, this, just, this, that's kind of the story of this team right now, right? It's just guys that you think, I mean, have a lot, a lot of potential that you just kind of, they just kind of didn't, didn't produce last year. And I think that's just all because of this, because of the system, this kind of the slow, the slow paced, uh, you know, offense that they could, they kind of run Sacramento. Okay. So we're done with our Pacific division preview. Now, now we're going to talk a little bit of football. We've got a couple, uh, we're going to talk about a couple games. What do you think about the Seahawks Cowboys game tonight? I think the Seahawks suck, man. I, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Russell. He's been sacked so many times this year, and I I can get it that he was sacked a few times by the Bears, but the Broncos. I I don't I don't understand what's going on with with the offensive line there. Um, the Seahawks. They, I mean, they kind of were relying on their running game mostly in the game against the Bears, and still that didn't even work out. Chris Chris Carson, their starting running back. Uh, I, I think he only got like twenty twenty seven yards. So, you know, and. The first half, it seemed like Wilson just couldn't couldn't throw a pass. It seemed like he just couldn't he just couldn't get downfield, and it was kind of not until the fourth quarter when the Seahawks uh, when the Seahawks offense started picking it up. Um, now, the Cowboys, on the other hand, um, I think that obviously they're focusing more on the running game because Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I didn't know what to think of the Cowboys wide receivers coming into this season. Um, Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns. Um, they got some new guys. Um, so I didn't really know um, what to think of them after, after Des Bryant was cut. Um, but I, th- I think, I think they're doing okay. I think that the, I think that Dak got a lot of, um, got a lot of heat in week one, uh, after losing to the Panthers, um, not being able to get over 10 points in that first game against the Panthers defense, um, was kind of, it's kind of a big negative for, for Dak, but I think he's kind of building a lot of uh, rapport with his receivers and he's, he's, he's able to throw the ball more. I think that's That's going to continue to improve, um, um, going forward in the season, but I think the Cowboys take this one. Yeah. I've been really, uh, worried about Russell Wilson. I actually drafted my fantasy league. Uh, and last week, the Bears outscored him uh, with their defense. So uh, I'm just really, I'm really hoping he turns it around for the sake of my fantasy season. I got Andrew Luck on the bench, though, so I don't know how he, he was doing okay when I was watching, but might have to make a trade, uh, switch the team up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys tonight for the game. Of course, I'm picking the Cowboys, my favorite team, but uh, I'm excited to see what they can do against the Seahawks. I think Earl Thomas, I don't think he's playing tonight. But um, I'm excited to see what they can do. Hopefully, Zeke uh, keeps him on the end from last game, and uh, Dak steps it up a little bit. I'm really hoping to see some more from Michael Gallup. I, I thought he was going to be our number one wide receiver this year, Jerry Jones, and he was going to be. But, um, haven't seen a whole lot from him this year. Hopefully, he can get it around, yeah. uh, turn it around pretty quick. Yeah, you got. I was surprised by that. So you got, you got Beasley at that. He's, he's he's got that number one target spot right now, and I was kind of surprised by that. I, th- I thought that Gallup was going to be the number one option right now, but you you've been seeing Beasley at that spot for wide receiver, and I mean he's been doing okay. But I don't think he's the guy that could should be the top spot if the Cowboys want to um, really make a run this year. Uh, we're going to talk about a game earlier this week. Also, uh, the Browns uh, beat, defeated the New York Jets twenty-one seventeen this week. Baker Mayfield's uh, first NFL action. What was your takeaway from the game? It is just so. It's just ridiculous because you know you, you hear all the time sports analysts. You listen to podcasts. You watch um, ESPN or anything. You hear quarterbacks from different teams being compared and um as we've seen it's hard to compare different quarterbacks from different teams because obviously they have different receivers and different people to throw to but when you have two different two different quarterbacks on the same team in the same game having that different of a result um with the same receivers i think that just goes to show you how transcendent of a talent baker mayfield can can be for this team and 
I think that uh, in that first game, he he kind of lived up to everything that he was all the qualities that he was drafted for. You know, he's he's a playmaker, he's a competitor. He he wants to he wants to win. Um, he obviously um, can serve the ball. He's he's got a little bit more of an arm than Tyrod. I feel like, and he he makes plays. He's not afraid to make plays on his very first drive. He was he was three out of four completions, and it, he wasn't just throwing checkdowns. He was he was throwing downfield. Where Tyrod, you've seen all his career, he's just kind of been a safe player. You know, he'll, he'll run the ball a lot if he doesn't have like a sure surefire throw. He only had two interceptions last year, and honestly, you, you can't you can't have a star elite quarterback who has two interceptions because that just means that they're not taking enough chances. And I think Baker's a guy who'll want to do what he needs to do to get the win, and he's just so much more of an improvement over Tyrod. I've always thought that, that the Browns, I think that Dorsey did a great job of building this roster this year, and the Browns have some pieces, man. They got Jar- Jarvis and Antonio Callaway, a wide receiver. Just lost Josh Gordon with the Patriots. We'll probably talk about that soon, I'm assuming. But you know they got some pieces. I think Carlos Hyde's he he kind of had a rough start to his season, but I think he's getting better. Um, I think the running game the running game's good. Um, so I think that Baker Baker can kind of get the most out of these receivers right now. Uh, I also really like their defense, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Uh, Miles Garrett's a dog, man. He's a, he's a dog. And also, speaking of Baker, this might be a stretch, but. I thought he was awful lot like Drew Brees uh, last game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, yeah, I, I think that he can get to that level, not not in too too much time. I, I think that if, if the Browns with with the roster they have, like he he has the pieces he needs to to, to get there, and I think that's I think that's right on. How many wins do you think they're gonna finish with this year? I mean, before the season, I actually, I actually told you this on your podcast. I said five wins. And now, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think from just that one half of football from Baker throwing over 200 yards, man, I, I think that they can get up to at least eight or nine this year. Ooh. I mean. I feel like six or seven is a pretty good bit. It's, just, it's hard for me to say the Browns are going eight or nine. I know – I've I, I become a Browns fan from Hard Knocks and just watching them from preseason. Yeah, I, th- I think the Hard Knocks, the Hard Knocks times, I still haven't come down to it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, eight or nine is gonna be hard for me. I don't, they're not better than the Cowboys last year, and the Cowboys went eight. So. Yeah, but I also think that the AFC North, um, I think that the other teams in the division aren't um, doing quite as quite as well as as they were kind of projected to do. My, I think that I think the Bengals are doing we're doing pretty well. They just lost Joe Mixon, their starting running back, though, and AJ Green obviously is 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 doing really well. But I think the other teams are going to kind of plan for him to just to kind of lock him down because he's one of the. Um, one of the only and biggest upsides that the, that the Bengals have. Um, the Ravens just got to get rid of Flacco, man. I, I, I you know, the, I, I've heard we've heard this so many times that the, the Ravens fans are still paying the Joe Flacco tax from him winning a Super Bowl. But I, I think that they need to get Lamar Jackson in there. And so when they kind of can, can do that in the next coming seasons, I think that they'll they'll be better. The Ravens defense, I think, is fourth ranked fourth. I think they're living up to that this year. Um, but. In terms in terms of their offense, I, I think that they're not um, panning out as well as they're they're projected to. So I just think that the Browns, in terms of their division, are you know I think that they they have a chance at being one of the top dogs. I mean, the Steelers have just been playing sloppy, in my opinion. Just just I mean, I, I just think that Ben is kind of past his prime a little bit. I mean, obviously. But he just—he doesn't really focus on the pass rush anymore. I feel like he just doesn't like—he just never like thinks that there's going to be a pass rush, and he just—he keeps getting sacked. He's always looking downfield, and yeah, I think he has a lot more incompletions this year than he has in the past. Maybe has gone. Um, James James Conner's doing pretty well, obviously, but I think that the Browns have a bigger chance to be a top dog in their division than they're kind of were projected to. Okay, well, we got some breaking news. Anthony Davis just signed with Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's uh, agency, uh, meaning maybe LeBron uh, and Rich Paul can work out something to get uh, Anthony Davis and the Lakers. What do you think about this? Damn. <laughs> yeah, I got to think about that. Anthony Davis, I mean, 
Yeah, that that would that would kind of complete the roster as having a an elite center. You know what they have right now. Javale McGee is a starter. You know he's good. He's not an elite an elite um, center. So I, yeah, I think Anthony Davis obviously fits into their system. Free agent until twenty twenty, I think, but. That's still pretty interesting. Maybe they can sign him with LeBron still on the roster. Uh, if they get if they get Anthony Davis, I think they're winning. They're pretty pretty much a lot to win the championship with LeBron James and also the other young guys with and Anthony Davis. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so here it here. It was a uh, one of the first to talk about it in podcasts. Anthony Davis <laughs> to the. Clutch Sports Agency. Uh, we, yeah. uh, we got one more uh, sports, uh, the NFL game for this week. Uh, talking about the Patriots and Lions. Uh, Matt, uh, former uh, Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia, new head coach of the Lions. Uh, what do you think about this game tonight? So, obviously, um, Matt Patricia – Everyone's worried about him. He just kind of every, – everyone was kind of excited about him, I feel like, and he just hasn't um, – he just he just hasn't been doing well. And going against the Patriots, obviously he's the former defensive coordinator, so he kind of knows their system um, a lot better. Um, I think that the offense definitely has been, has been struggling. Um, I think that Matt Stafford has really been struggling to, to get the yards and the volume that he kind of has been, um, in the past. And I think that not having an offensive minded coach kind of will, will might, might do that might be the reason for that. Um, but going into this game, the Lions are also missing some pieces on, on defense. Darius Slay and Deshaun Sheed are, are both out at cornerback. Um, so I think that the Patriots obviously don't have the full roster. Edelman, Edelman's still out. Um, but I think that I think that they're going to take this game um, just because um, of the Lions who are missing pieces on the secondary. And I think that Matt Stafford and the offense still have a couple more games before they can really the Lions can really get into the rhythm and get a few um, good games offensively. Um, but I just can't be convinced that the Lions and Matt Patricia can get anywhere close to um, to staying in this game tonight. You said something about Josh earlier. Uh, it's not determined yet whether he's going to play or not. But I'm excited to see what Josh Gordon can do with an elite quarterback. I'm excited about him because I know that every every move that the Patriots make, I know that they don't make a lot of mistakes. So I think that um, they they had a good reason for for signing Josh Gordon and doing what they did. You know, a lot of smaller market teams. You know, uh, Cincinnati, um, Baltimore, like other 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 smaller market teams like that. You know, they make a lot of mistakes, but the Patriots, uh, they can they, you know they do everything for a good reason. I think they can find a way to get this guy, you know, back to closer to the volume that he had four years ago and we'll, we'll see we'll see kind of the old old josh gordon there like well they'll figure out a way to to work him in so i'm excited i'm excited about it. i'm excited to see it um obviously as a philly fan um i, I was kind of hoping that maybe we'd make a move for him um but and and the fact that the patriots went and got him kind of makes me feel a little worse about the fact that we didn't try to get him um because i'm I'm guessing the Patriots saw something in them that other teams didn't. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what can happen here. Did you watch the Eagles today? Uh, yeah, I've been watching it a little bit. Uh, Wentz looks pretty good. Uh, he definitely, I don't think he's back to where he was, but uh, he had one scramble play that really impressed me uh, when I was watching. I don't know what the score is right now, but uh, it's not to see Carson Wentz back. Yeah, I think he's back. I think he's back where everybody expected him to be. I think everyone in Philly, in Philly being here, you kind of felt how nervous um, the atmosphere was with him coming back. But uh, I, th- I think he he definitely produced well well in this game. And I think in a couple games we'll kind of see um, more of of where he was, you know, in his in his prime last year. And yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I was nervous too going into this game, but he's he's doing well, and we're seeing we're seeing Carson back, so it's great. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Looking forward to uh, our division breakdown next week. All right, sounds good, man. This has been our uh, interview with Jimmy Canuso of Glass Talk on the Ball Talk Pod. Check us out on our website, www.balltalkpod.com. 
iTunes, SoundCloud, and all our social media outlets. Thank you.